just a bunch of witty banter. Good clip, Papa. So, real quick, we already summed up what we thought about the local one. Yes. Um, so, we're waiting on the, the next and last beer. Yes. So, the big bad boy, the Burley. The, dude, that's going to be a formidable plus. champion. Yeah, you bet it. Okay. Um, so, the next one here. Who is this from? Okay. Oh, man. You're going to like this, Tyrell. This is from... Brooke Elliott. Oh, she, she that's you, awesome. Go. Got both of the wives in on this. Brooke is amazing. Girls. She's super cool. Dulce and Brooke. They must have been teaming up on this one, huh? She said, hello, guys. Since you're having my husband and our good friend Chris as guest to your show, I thought I better come up with a good question. So here oh, man, it I have goes. No, so unlike Chris and unlike you, with Darian's question. Right. I have zero idea what this question is going to be about. Yeah, Chris cheated. He, he wrote it himself. And it, I did not, actually. I don't think he did. No. <laughs> I believe I wanted her. I believe in Dulce and her ability to come up with a competent He's question. He's dude. He's so. an dude. <laughs> yeah. It's not a South Park voice. <laughs> Brooke's question is, which beer brings out your inner spirit animal? Wow, that's a good one. And why and what is your spirit good. animal? Have y'all talked about that before? She throws out the spirit animal thing sometimes. Really? Do you, does she have like a very specific spirit animal that you're no, like? It's usually like a guy or something random. It's like you know, she has like a spirit Michael animal Keaton as a guy. Michael, animal, yeah. So anything could be your spirit. Not animal, her, though. but like her friend is uh, Liam Neeson. Is her? Spirit that's not animal. an animal. I know, but it's weird. that's stupid as hell. I'm sorry. Dang it's not it. my wife's choice. I don't know. It has to be zoological. Let's go. Okay, you want you want in the kingdom family? Yeah, of course. Cool. We can't Good say question. Liam Neeson is your so spirit we animal. The, we should do the first one. So the, what beer brings out your spirit animal? Yeah, so what's my spirit beer, basically? <sighs> That's nice. I like it. I got you. I got it right here. I think cool. I got mine. The London's... Or Young Brewery's London Stout. Nice. Had it in London. Okay. It was in a cask, and they had to pump it out of there. And oh my God, if I've never felt more one with the world after drinking that beer. <laughs> yeah. That's my spirit beer. Right on. Chris, your turn. You're up. Yeah, it's the uh, bacon maple from Voodoo. And why is that your spirit beer? It brings out everything animalistic in me. Okay, so you're a primal. I, that's oh, just so primal. sexually just aggressive. Eat that fucking. <laughs> just lick it up, just, right? Just <laughs> devour. Just profane. The, the words that I have to use when I describe that beer yeah. are very animalistic. Sultry. It's R-rated. <laughs> like abusive, if anything. Yes, yeah. R-rated. Absolutely. Okay, I get you, dude. This I'm one's tough, man. I'm really thinking about this one. Tyrell, do you have a spirit beer? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with uh, anything with a shitload of espresso. Really? So, I'm going to need Java a specific stout? beer, Bozone, please. Bozone Java Stout, or I'll go with uh, um, Santa Fe Brewing makes a, also makes a Java Can I have stout. a specific beer answer, please? Those are two. No, I need one beer. <laughs> um, uh, then does the beer? Does the question ask for two beers or one? A beer that brings out a your a your spirit. Then Bozone Java Stout out of Bozeman, Montana. Very so. No one, none of your listeners are gonna get that beer. <laughs> hey, don't underestimate. But those guys listen. Beer trap that brings out my spirit animal. Okay. Yeah. I think I can. I think I maybe put it. I think a, I know what his spirit animal. It, hopefully, it won't be a Lagrange. Um, we'll we'll avoid the Lagrange. I'm going to avoid Lagrange at all costs. Um, the town or the beer? <laughs> it's also one of Chase's favorite, uh, the Left Hand Milk Stout. And that is uh, my bear spirit yeah, animal. It's one, of the top it's, it's one of those ones that I just feel hearty drinking. And 
and I enjoy it, and I can have a great conversation and have a great night. Great beer. Did you see that? Uh, I saw this thing. They took like a big Easter bugs, uh, not bugs bunny, Easter bunny chocolate thing. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I don't know, the oh, size yeah, of your forearm. Broke and the they put off, beer in it, dude. Nitro oh, left yeah. looks out. <laughs> Drink it out. Oh, my God. Chocolate. Clever. Yeah. What more do you want? Let's do that. One <laughs> more do that right Let's now. make that happen. We've got that milked out. In the fridge. It's waiting for us right now. The uh, the old speckled hen would be a runner up too for my for my hen spirit animal. That's a great one. So your spirit animal was the bear. Was the bear. Chris, mm. do you have a spirit animal? Yeah, wolf. Damn. That's a gray one. Why? Why the fucking wolf? eat those pigs and that Just bacon? Those, fucking <laughs> those pigs <laughs> and that bacon. Dump some maple syrup on that fucking pig. It was like it was like actually applied, but we didn't know. I get that. I get it. I get it. I like it. Tyrell. I'm on the spot here because I never really thought about this. A worm. Something with some big fucking antlers. Some big. Something with some big testicles. I thought you'd say hawk. I thought you'd say hawk. Elks are majestic as shit. Yeah, I thought bird. I was 50-50 bird slash big old See, I'm in the bird realm. An eagle is pretty awesome. I do like vultures also. Vultures are cool. Because they're pretty dark and deadly. So I actually have a quick story. When I was going out to my car to grab a piece of... Something I needed for the show. A badger. A badger or something. Yeah. There was an owl sitting on our front drive on our driveway. And I was I literally froze and I was like, Oh my god. It was a baby little owl. This sure. little baby owl like on looking the fence post or something? On the ground, looking right at me. Hanging out on the ground. Majestic as hell. So my spirit animal is the owl. Cool. The wow. owl is like a super cool spirit animal. Yeah, I mean, Just that, so you know. That's it. Yeah. I it to you own the night as an owl. The eye factor too. You don't mess around with that because you can do because you know they're gonna know. eat some shit. I just know they can turn their head stuff, but they're they can look with their soft eyes in different looking. directions. Like their eyes like, can like go iguanas. Like this way. Well, junk college girls can do that. Too. Like iguanas? <laughs> like iguanas? Really? I don't know. Actually. Okay. Are well, we sure? pulled out the, sure? the next beer. <laughs> we did the final beer. Um, I'm gonna go use the restroom real fast. I want you to introduce the beer for us. Hunter, cool. And then we'll get on our way. Okay. So we're introducing. Oh. Everyone's if y'all want to go, if, if y'all do it, go ahead and hurry up. I'll, I'll vamp for you. Vamp It'll be it. fine. As go as ahead. As hurry. Let's go. Okay, guys. So just to kind of recap, the uh, the first three beers that we had were the Banana Bread Beer by Wells Brewery. We also had the Local One uh, from Brooklyn Brewery. And I brought the Black Bavarian Lager from Sprecher Brewery. The, the beer that we're bringing uh, finally is the Temptress which is an imperial milk stout, and it's from Lakewood Brewery. Um, it is a 9.1% alcohol by volume. It has 56 IBUs, which is a, um, you know, a measurement of, of, of bitterness. And um, this was one of our favorite ones. It was actually recommended to us from our best buddy, my pledge brother, one of Chase's uh, friends from Germany, Robert Lee. Robert Lee, we love you. Yeah, thank you so much for introducing to us this beer. This turned out to be one of our favorite beers uh, that we had on the show. Hunter, can we just take a moment to realize that it's just you and me on the mic right now? Yeah, it's been the first time in a while, huh? I honestly miss it. <laughs> I miss it a lot. Tug me. Can I... Oh, <laughs> Come on, Mr. Tugboat. I'll bring you into harbor. Mr. Tugboat. Okay, so yeah, um, this was one that Robert Lee introduced to us, and he gave us like this version, and then he gave us this like barrel oak aged version that I was kind of skeptical of, and then I ended up not liking as much. So mm. this, the one that we brought to the table, is the one that we liked the most, and I think that it ended up getting either a seventeen point five or an eighteen out of twenty. 
from you and I, Chase. Um, and I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. This is like, this is like the ideal stout for me. I think so it's too. an imperial milk stout, which is like milk and stout for me makes me a happy guy. And then you put imperial on top of that. It means more alcohol, which makes me a happier guy. Uh, so before we dive into this new beer, I just want to thank the Witty Banter audience for sticking with us so far. My we, God, you're this amazing. Is, what, part two of episode 50? Yeah. And uh, I'm just happy to be here still going with these guys sitting next to me. This has been an absolute blast. This is. Like, I can't believe I haven't come on every single episode. Why do you think before? we've been beckoning you? No, no, no. I mean, I can't believe I haven't come. Yeah. Oh. Like, watching oh. Like, every episode before. <laughs> <laughs> just right there. No, this this is a blast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. No, I, I truly. Mean, I'm just happy um, you're still in the house. We st- we still have we still have prosts to give uh, until the end of the show. So let's 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 episode 50 let's still stave happen. off, man. Are we, fucking balling. Are we getting sentimental? Um, yeah. Well, so so yeah. We just well, talked about our greatest loves. The first time we cried and our first kiss. So <laughs> you wanna he was in all three of mine. <laughs> I'm glad I could vamp for you guys. <laughs> all right. Vamp so um so yeah. This was what Tyrell brought to the table um and this was again this was one that um just i guess by the nature of how me and chase just naturally i i think are you on the same kind of um level as me as far as saying that you kind of tend to enjoy darker beers more than lighter beers i mean i do i used to think that darker and heavier beers automatically meant more complexity right Okay. And that you had more to gain and to experience from a darker beer. But with these drier farmhouse sour ales, I'm starting to sort of reverse that. Okay. Where I'm actually seeking the complexity in the lightness now. Going towards Tyrell's light. Exactly. <laughs> Let's make it a duality. So that's why I'm super stoked for me to have the local one as my number one beer in my head right now. And then going against what in my what I as I remember it's like pretty much the best milk stout that we've had that we've had on the show for sure yeah Um, so let's go and start pouring those up okay Chris have you ever had this beer or what are your expectations you know I actually have funny story Tyrell and I were sitting down one night and the reason we were sitting down was because he had been discussing what he wanted to brew for his. His big debut as a small batch beer at the Thirsty Planet Brewery. And uh, he wanted to do a sort of espresso stout. My spirit beer. Spirit By beer. the way, there's three beers, if so we're will. splitting three among four. That's fine. Because okay. we've had a lot of beer. True. <laughs> Maybe. Um, nope. Not enough. So he, he, knew, he, wanted, he, he knew he wanted to go along those lines, but he wanted to find a good base, like malt profile. And uh, he just sort of went out and picked a few different stouts that jumped out at him. And um, this was one of them. And I had never had it before that. I have long since been a fan of the left-hand milk stout, especially nitro. Um, And this one, what I found to be exceptional and different was the fact that it had so much caramel notes to it. Mm -hmm. And that just really added something for me to what was already a great style. You take the milk stout chocolate almost like chocolate milk combined with beer, and you add caramel. And, uh, yeah, this is a big win for me in that category. So, Tyrell, why did you pick this one out of all the other beers? Um, Well, for one thing, it was one of the beers that I tried Mm -hmm. out of the 55 that you guys had. I think I'd had maybe six or seven of them. Uh, But for one thing, I mean, it's a big beer, you know, 9%. 
and uh, there's a lot to it. Um, and I think um, it's a it's a it's a good example of the style that I generally don't like as much. So hmm. if I like something of a style that I don't like, that's a good a good beer. It's probably a good sense. indicator of what right. that beer it's is. A good beer. Sometimes milk stouts are too sweet for me. And sure. too smooth, and they're, uh, you know, I want, I don't know, I want a little sharpness to it, whatever it is that I want. Cheddar in there. Yeah. So <laughs> a little bit of extra cheese, okay, which cheese this beer baby. says it goes well with robust blue cheese. So I wish we had some of that. Chase. Um, well, you know, I can only host. Yeah, you, so can only, much. you can only provide <laughs> some. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we've had some first smells and some first impressions. Chris. What are the nasals giving you, huh? What are the, what is the this taste is so good. giving you? This is really and, good. I mean, again, the aroma is just caramel. It's so good. Oh it's my like god, it's very sweet. I'm honestly, just now finishing that first sip, and mm. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, it's good. The, the caramel aftertaste and just how it it's good just leaves that silky smooth flavor on your. I'm so excited about drinking this beer yeah, right it's, now. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a good closer. It's a good closer beer for us. It's a dessert beer for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I would actually like to try to pair it with a a robust blue cheese. Chase saved it for the end. How strange. Somebody did their research. (laughs) 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 No, this is really like, you know, we kind of talked about earlier. It's funny because, like, you said earlier that, like, you kind of dislike whenever beers. You've been kind of drawing away from beers that cop out behind a sweetness um but but this this isn't a cop out i mean this is just like it's like not abrasive it doesn't it's what they're explicitly going for i mean how are you saying it doesn't finish sweet i mean that's like the one thing i would say it is uh, there's definitely sweetness but the last the last thing i get is like a little roasty yep a little roasty on the back of the tongue the sweetness is all there it's definitely there it's not like sweet it's not overbearing it's not a cloying sweetness Cloying. I've never heard of that term. It's like a, it's, it doesn't stick on there. Okay. It's like, yeah, sweet. But then the, the final thing I get is roasty. And it, it is, it's, it's sweet. It's okay. borderline too sweet, but it's, I think it's perfect. There's a little man. bit extra there. I could easily see somebody saying this was too sweet of a beer, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, especially put somebody lac- that like likes, loves lactose. IPAs or something, you know, like, yeah, I could so that, see that. I think so. For, milk stout means lactose sugar. There's lactose, so there's which is sugar, sugar. from milk, <laughs> yeah. in it, and that doesn't ferment, so it's in the beer. You're tasting sugar in beer that doesn't ferment. So there's no effect from yeast on having milk sugars in there. Well, generally, the the yeast used to to ferment a beer does mm-hmm. not ferment the sugar from milk. Okay, from lactose. Oh, okay. So cool. that interesting is a residual sugar that is left for flavor. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So so that's why naturally milk stouts are like sweet. That's why they're almost always sweeter because yeah. they have a milk sugar. That's really a cool bit but of knowledge. Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's the deal. Don't say. <laughs> when I when I drink it, it's it's got sweet flavors like caramel and chocolate and things you associate mm-hmm. with sweetness. But the aftertaste for me is not sweet at all, and that's my biggest complaint with like overly sweet beers. Sure. Is once it finishes, I feel like there's just nothing but a sugary taste left in my mouth. Mm-hmm. This does not have that at all. And it, it, I feel like it closes out the sugar before the flavor ends. In fact, like 
The only reason I find that it is sweet is because the flavors that it's bringing are flavors that I associate with sweet, like chocolate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Whenever I, whenever I kind of like take it in and swish it around, um, it, it's not like an immediate hit. It's not like I, I drink it and I'm getting like this upfront taste of just like either sugary or you know deep roastiness. It kind of takes a while to develop while it's in, you know, while I'm kind of swishing it around. And, you know, even as Chris said before, he, he took a sip of it and then 10 seconds later he's saying, like, he's still kind of processing that sip. And I think that that's totally relevant to this beer. It's one of those it that, lingers. like, yeah, it lingers, but not in a bad way because it's not overly... In the best way. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just like some a... Would say. It's not like you're just, like, you know, lingering on some sweet note that's just, like, overly sweet and, and overbearing. You know, it, it, it does have kind of, like, a, a roasty character to that uh, lingering... Like a sous Yeah, like a sous-son. Like a sous-son. Like a Like a sous-son. You know, so... Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. That was yeah, a good reference. Yeah. You remember what the French call Les Incompetents. <laughs> les Incompetents. Yeah. All right. Nice. But, uh, Chris loves his, his, his quote shot. This guy's a strong runner, guys. Oh, Tyrell brought a, 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 a knockout blow. He brought the thunder. I, I think with this beer. Thunderhead. Thunderhead if you would. <laughs> Uh, Chris, just to, to recap, you had you had said that your favorite beer so far was the local one. That was the banana bread. You uh, gave it a nine. They were tied for nine points. Oh yeah, you gave them both nines. Jesus Christ on a bicycle. <laughs> That's tough. Um, this beer actually starts off really well in the cold cold, cold temperature that it's at. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, we got right on up. there. Uh, Best at fifty to fifty five degrees. Well, so yeah, that doesn't surprise not me. There yet. Um, but it's very, very good. Uh, let me reserve judgment for a little bit. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, we have for some mail. Score. We have some mail to still go through. Yeah, but it Sweet. is. I mean, it's it's an incredible beer. All right, bouncing on to the mailbag. I think bouncing we're all mailbag. a little bit inebriated. I'm stoked that there's this much mail. I'm nowhere. I know, right? It's this amazing. Isn't even my this podcast. is, but this is the first. This is the first time we've ever gone over three, and three was an outlier. <laughs> so nice. we're extremely excited. Statistical excited-y. anomaly. Yes, if we you will. Damn it, Chris. It's called an extrapolation. <laughs> so I believe it's called an outlier, dear. <laughs> the standard deviation does not go all the way up. To it's called the omega. And that okay. allows me to bolster. I will go ahead and put my <laughs> one one on the shamble shark. Okay, what's the next email? Come on. Oh, all right, I guess. We <laughs> Come on, let's go. The next. Can email. we bolster the next the sh- email, please? The shamble shark is all my card. All I can card. say is thank you for listening. If you still yeah, are, I don't love us or something. Turning <laughs> Klingons here. Okay, yeah. let's go. Email Idolon. Hunter, this comes from your brother's your brother Brooks. Do you want uh, me to say it? Yeah, sure. I'll Let me say s- it. Okay, here you go. Cool. There you go. Do your thing. Yeah, my brother my brother Brooks works in the oil industry and he uh stand up gentleman. Yeah. And an dude. intelligent guy too. Honestly, I, have either of y'all had any experience with anybody who works in the oil industry? My brother does. Really? Mm-hmm. I bet that he says a lot of stuff about how unprofessional and or how unstructured it is, right? Uh, no, but we don't really talk about that kind of specific his industry stuff. very much. Because, like, to be honest. you know, like, I'm sort of like, an, I do accounting a lot and stuff and business stuff. So my brother likes to talk to me about like the, the professional side. experiences and stuff that he's going through. Sure. And as far as I understand, like, the oil field has, you know, some 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 areas where it could pick up as far as like being formalized and being professional and all those kinds of things. Sure. But even still, um, my brother reached out to me. He wanted to kind of 
just say something about oil in general because recently we've all had kind of like this dis- stand, uh, this decline in the oil industry and kind of nobody really knows where it's at right now. Brooks wants me to say, shout out to the hardworking blue collars in the oil field. These folks work up to 110 hours a week at a dangerous job and are often hundreds of miles away from their families, Brooks being one of them. Now thousands upon thousands have lost their jobs and livelihoods in the last four months with no sign of redirecting the trend. Thanks, Woody Banner. Love the show. Shout out to those blue collars. B-A-D, which is Brooks Allen Dorset. Thank you, Brooks, for your mail. And, and, and also, like, yes, thanks thank for you. bringing that up. I mean... Can I start? Yeah, please. Layoffs fucking your brother. suck. Yeah, it's really it's really lame when that is the conclusion of a company to 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 cop out behind layout layoffs. Any, any person who is just like, well, sorry, we're not sorry, but we have to let you go in mm-hmm. sort of way, that is an awful situation. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what it would be like to be in a situation where your family's depending on you, uh, you're depending on the wage that you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And because of some sort of trait outside of your control, you have to be released. Mm-hmm. So that's awful. And, you know, our hearts go out to everybody who's been affected. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't think he meant to, for it to be a, a, a downer or anything. I think that he was basically just trying to say that, you know, there's there's sort of like this like slide, I guess, right now that's going on underneath the culture as far as like, awareness about the whole oil thing because like gas prices dropped and that's how we were all most immediately affected by it but if you think about like a lot of the products that are made through oil the oil industry and just like Everything how relies on how it. tangible that is actually to our lives like it, it's something that you know we kind of take for granted and mm-hmm. i think that what brooks is saying is he's been out there working shoulder to shoulder with a lot of these people that literally like don't do anything but work like 20 hours a day yeah on call all the time like lifting heavy shit all day so and it's real easy (laughs) to like sandbag or scarecrow an oil company and you don't realize that Mm -hmm. actual people work there right yeah you know and And, and, on that and so yeah i mean brooks we love you thanks for emailing in you're my brother i love you more than anything and i'm right there with you man i will support you all the way through this so you're gonna. I'm. I'm so excited for him too because he he finally got this like sales. He's getting the sales rep job in an oil industry, and it's like a crappy time for the oil industry. But I think it's gonna rebound within the next couple of years, and I think he's gonna be better off for it. You know, he's gonna show him that he has worked through troubling times, yeah. and that's gonna be very impressive. Bright so. times are ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, do we have any other mail that that's we should it. address? That was the last one. That was it. No. Okay. We had, well, cool. Like, what eight or nine? Yeah, that works because we're on our last beer. We're we finishing up. Beer. Yeah, which means <laughs> Tyrell. Stamp it. Which means that we all have to come to a conclusion on this, and then we need to start <laughs> deliberating on the best. But in the meantime, because I want to let this beer open up. Oh, let's fester. Opens. We need to fester real good. Let's milk stout this along. Yeah. Let's milk it for much. Milk it can. up. Chris, yeah. I know you had a discussion you wanted to bring up about brewing beer. Um, especially specifically because... Oh, sure. So uh, what were some of your questions? I know you, you know you had some things you wanted well, to say. Well, I had... You know, I'm in an interesting place in my life right now because um, I'm getting closer to finishing my degree. Yes. And I do have a passion for brewing beer. And I want that to be my life at some point or another. Okay. I haven't necessarily figured out a timeline, but I know that one of the things that's going to happen when I graduate is um, 
getting a uh, system, a brewing system, which would be a much larger scale, ideally, than what I'm currently brewing on, which is a five-gallon scale. Okay. Homebrew scale. So for anybody that, yeah, homebrew scale, for anybody that doesn't know, that's a slim keg, like a pony <laughs> keg. Yeah. Okay? Or a bunch of bottles. Yeah, or I think most people bottles. know what a gallon is. You know. Okay, well, you're know, <laughs> an asshole like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... Like <laughs> that's, lot, that's, that's a unit of measurement we're all used to. But, um... A gallon of milk, five of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a five to eight hour day for that much beer after a month-ish. So, um, it'll be really great to move up to a bigger scale. And now that I'm getting closer to graduation, I'm having to decide which system I want to pick. And I was hoping to get a little insight from you guys because I've, I've recently become aware of a new system, newer system. And I have long since been looking for about a year or so now at a system that's a one barrel, fully automated uh, with an electric uh, digital control panel for the temperatures and the mash times and all that good stuff. Uh, but I have recently seen a newer system that is uh, electric as opposed hmm. to propane. Okay. Which means I could do it inside. Wow. And it's half the size, so it's a half barrel. So that's every time you brew, you get one big keg out of it. Okay. Uh, now, pros and cons, you know, I can plug it and I can move my oven out in my apartment and plug it in behind that because it does take a 240-volt plug-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are kind of rare. Um, but being able to brew inside eliminates a lot of the hassle with my current brewing. And it seems like something that I could actually do, even if I don't immediately move out of my apartment after graduation. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go the one barrel system, on the other hand, it's a significant challenge to brew in my apartment, that size, that scale. Mm -hmm. Um, however, it also extends the amount of time for which I could start a brewery How? and How use that system. That? So yeah, I think if that's... I'm going to start a brewery, you want to start on the biggest scale you possibly can. So you're that's saying a pretty much scale a over experimentation? See, that's that's yes, that's kind of what I'm asking is, is what is the end game? I mean, is, is the goal to start your own business of so, beer? Yes, absolutely. So I want a brewery at some point or another, and the end game is 100 barrels-ish. I would say that the product is more important than the quantity. It is, absolutely. But in terms of being a business that can profit... And yes. maintain itself and be a business that it doesn't have to be a lifestyle business where I also work 40 to 60 hours a week mm-hmm. somewhere else and then come home every weekend and bust my ass running a brewery. Right. If I want my whole life to be a brewery at some point, it has to be profitable. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, happen, at the start, most most businesses that are coming off of just straight, just off the cuff, it's going to be a right. loss no, for a while. No, you're absolutely right about that. But if I, for example, off your point, if I had the money through loans, for example, right. to start a 30-barrel brewery. And yeah, mm-hmm. I went through the three years in the red before I got to the black. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's worth it. The loan yeah. covers that. Yeah. I wouldn't have to work another job. Boom. But if I'm starting a very, very small, like one-barrel or less brewery, then I'm busting my ass to brew as much as possible, and I'm still not making a profit no matter what. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm doing is gaining market share and people that are following me. Yeah. And they like my beer. So either way, it's the same thing. But the one barrel does allow me. That's that's double the volume. That's, mm-hmm. that's that much easier. Here's, I think. Just yeah. what I think. I think Tyrell, you should weigh in last, as you probably have. I think he is the most to say. The most to say for sure. Um, when it comes to, if you're gonna make a brewery, you need strong beers. 
right? You need a flagship right. beer that everyone can, without a doubt, say, like, yeah, that's good. Mm. And if that means that you need to do a smaller batch more frequently, rather than wasting money on creating a huge batch of something that you didn't think was that great anyway, if it's about experimenting and figuring, figuring out what your strongest beer is, what your strongest trait is, mm. I would go with the smaller system. And not only that, but that smaller system is also conducive to your living situation right now. So not only are you able to brew easier, you're also able to brew smaller, which means you can brew more frequently, which means you can hone the specific beer flavor and taste you're going for, which means you have a better chance at capturing followers who like your beer. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'd almost piggyback off of that. I mean, my my thing is is like, you know, again, I don't even know what kind of marketing uh, Thirsty Planet did. But I know that before they ever had like a bottling sort of notion and before they started getting really well known, like you had your owner like go around to a bunch of local beer depositories and basically have Thirsty Goat as like the flagship, you know, beer that Thirsty Planet sold, right? Is that is that kind of like how he yeah. did it, right? Yeah, it was more of a... Like, on on draft sale, mm-hmm. grass I guess grassroots. Because I would think that if if build, somebody build yeah if somebody was gonna try and start a grassroots beer company, I would think that they would have like one beer or two beers that you you put in front of anybody's face and they're gonna be like hell yeah that beer is the ish you know and then you 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 market that beer and say okay well this is what I'm capable of right. And then you build your business off of that success that you've already made from the from just the product itself. So I would think that you know making or getting a system that was larger took more time, wasn't conducive to your living situation. I would think that that would be a little bit more cumbersome for you to be able to hone exactly the taste that you're going for. And um, you know. I guess that would be my only thing. I think the thing as far as whether or not you can thrive and, and, and be take some market share from, you know, the local beer economy is is your marketing. And I I mean any business essentially comes down to marketing and how they market how they targeted their audience and whether or not they delivered to their target audience. So those would be the two things I'd say. Um but I don't really have a whole lot because I don't know a whole lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up to Tyrell. He probably knows a little bit more. Oh boy. We, we put you on the spot, dude. Heavy, I'm sorry. Yeah, the beta people. Okay, Mr. Expert, go ahead and steer Chris's <laughs> future for us. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say expert, but um, it's tough. It's, 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 a, it's a choice. I think ultimately it comes down to a choice. Yes. I've done a lot of research on like listening to you know personal accounts on why breweries succeed hmm. and don't. It, you don't you don't ever listen to why a brewery doesn't succeed. Like that guy doesn't write a book. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that did really well. Yeah. He writes a book, which might be helpful in this instance. It, it is helpful, but also the people like what what things went wrong would be good. But yeah, that's what I'm getting. I, yeah, I think it's almost always that some certain circumstances worked out in their favor that you couldn't plan for. Yep. You know, for, for you know, one brewery, it was the guy that started it was really good mechanically aptitude and could weld. So he was able to build his own system for cheap. And that's how he got started. And for another brewery, it was, oh, he came from the banking industry, so he knew how to get financing. Financing. Yeah. 
And so another, it's like a competitive yeah. advantage with like outside of just the beer. Yeah, there's always some extra because, mm-hmm. and the problem now is that there's good beer everywhere you go, almost everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to be able to make decent, what a beer, problem. Yeah. Not a bad problem for the consumer. <laughs> tough for for someone trying to start out. Yeah, absolutely. Not only do you have to make good beer, entry. you have yeah. to compete with someone nearby, and it's it's a good industry as whereas you can go to that person and say, "Hey, how do you do your process?" and they'll tell you, and it's not cutthroat, and they won't say, "My beer is my beer," and I'm not going to give you the secret ingredient. Co-opetition. You know, it ain't like Coke, where there was the secret ingredient right. that makes Coke. Yeah, but Coke. You know, my favorite quote. It's actually, it was, it was yeah. coke. It was for coke. a while. And, well, yeah, it was cocaine. <laughs> so put that in your beer. Uh, uh, my be favorite sick. quote is "A rising tide rises all ships." Yeah. When it comes to this, it's a great quote, right? But like if you have a crappy boat, you're gonna sink, right? So, right. So it's how a do little you bit avoid of both. A crappy boat. It's a little bit of both. I think where you're at, Chris, is. What's more important, making money and making a successful business long term or enjoying the job that you choose to do? Because you could do that job somewhere else if you got the job somewhere else and learn and then do your own put thing. your own blood, sweat and tears and investment into it. Which is Be- which what? is such an interesting way to look at it. Like I think that's valid. Thinking um, I can go and work for somebody else and not follow my dream, but gain experience that can lead to my dream. Or I can do my dream now, which might garner enough people so I never have to work for anybody. And that dichotomy is, it's tough is a because tough one. What might happen is you'll learn all the lessons as you fail by yourself. And I think which or are you have usually more valuable, honestly. I mean, but you may fail. Or you may learn exactly. some of those lessons before you fail. I would say you will else. fail. And you honestly, dude, fail. I would say that you can't do it on your own. I think that a lot I think of what makes businesses ago, work is what the you partners wanted to that people do go into. would be easier than now. But I think if you're smart and you f- find a way, a place that could support the small amount of beer, because there is a black and white, cut and dried amount of beer that you can make and sell to offset the cost of making that right. minimum. Right. And yeah. it might be you sell really artisanal beers that you make a you know, a one barrel batch of, and you sell it for 16 bucks a bottle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Probably not going to happen right off the bat, but you would make your profits there. Yeah. But, but you there's, build the there's a minimum to where you need to make a certain amount of Most. beer to sell. So it depends. Can you offset the loss with your wife's job or whatever? There's, there's choices you made that you can't just black and white say. Right. Yeah. And I, I think this is getting and a very like choice. Uh, big, big scale question, but, what I'm really after here is either way I go, eventually at some point I have to get investment to do the larger brewery. Because right. The minimum yeah. number is seven to ten. Yeah. Seven to ten barrels yeah. is the minimum size. Mm-hmm. So either so way I go here doesn't really make a difference, but one of them will take me further than the other. I think that you're right. But um, another and another key consideration here to y'all that I didn't want to interrupt with is that just because I have a one barrel system doesn't mean I have to brew one barrel batch. I can do half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So you can experiment all the. I, I could I could do the same, but and it goes again. Like if I had the half barrel system, I could do a half of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's all about the volume, but I just feel like the one barrel could take me further 
in terms of before it would be just ridiculous how many batches that have to do a day to keep up with demand Any kind of um, versus the one barrel. But the advantage of being able to brew inside is pretty large. Yeah, I, I say go electric if you're going on a small scale. That's what I, I mean. That's but what I like one. That's what I'd barrel. say. Yeah, that's but what I'd say. I think electric between the two because you, you pay way electric. less for electricity off of a grid than you would for propane. You do it inside. Well, yeah, you and the, and the key cool outside, thing there too is like you just, have more. Control if I move too. out of the apartment, if I move into a rent house, for example, I just go to wherever mm-hmm. the washer and dryer is plugged mm-hmm. in. Exactly, and I'm good there. And you you get a little more control. You can do it wherever, and you're ultimately going to pay Pedernales power a lot less per kilowatt hour than you are for twenty dollars for a propane tank, a yeah, ten pound propane tank. For sure, that's a really good ultimately, point. Ultimately, I think you will. And I'm gonna I'm gonna harken back to my to one of my earlier points was I mean I think that there's no limit to what a single you know passion a single person's passion and perception can do but I don't think that there's that many people that have ever done anything just completely on their own and I think that if you see a vision and you see yourself accomplishing this sort of you know this sort of milestone where you've you've reached some sort of point i think that you're going to have to have people with you get you there um whether it be on the finance side whether it be on you know uh, the, the the technical equipment side whether it be even stuff like accounting you know like you need like you'll need somebody to support you because you won't always be able to just be able to kind of like pat yourself on the back and keep going right and 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 so having somebody with the same vision as you i think is is incredibly important even with me and chase with doing the podcast you know it's like having somebody there to help help push you along and even in something that's your fucking passion is really important yeah and and i think i've i've learned well from school the uh, the advice of surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you <laughs> yeah. it's a good trait it's a very good trait so <laughs> yeah i can start a small business and run it myself but as soon as i get to a certain point i'm gonna have to hire an accountant that knows way more than i do i'm gonna have to hire uh, if you want to count at work call me up you know what i mean so all those things line, it though. is far down the like line hiring people it's not about hiring people it's teaming up with people it's partnering yeah. with people sure but that's also a huge step like that doesn't just happen right right yeah um I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away is if if whether you go with a big barrel or a smaller barrel system is whatever that means if if both if both of those rely on a loan then you want to be able to show whoever's loaning you money uh what you've done so far and if you can say like hey uh I started with this many people drinking my beer and now this many people drink my beer if you want to be able to show them statistics that say hey this is working, this is working big, then maybe a bigger production system is more conducive to your situation. But at the same time, if the bigger production system doesn't work in your apartment very well and you're actually not able to make as much beer, then maybe that's actually a drawback. Mm-hmm. But if you know you want to go in, you want to go in and say like I've increased sales by this many this this much percent. Or, right. You mm-hmm. know, and like you want to be able to show them those numbers and those numbers are gonna be highly dependent on mm-hmm. what you're able to pr- produce and how frequently I guess. But I think that once I think that once Chris finds a brew that like is Chris's brew that he really likes and that he can stand behind, I can totally see you walking into just local beer hot spots and just being like, "Hey man, Try like, this. yeah, just be like, this. look, I'll hook you up with a free, you know, I'll hook you up with a free half barrel." 
and 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 hook you up with this and just see how people think about yeah. it. And if you like it and if people like it, bring me back and let's let's start dealing together. You know that and, and that means maybe the uh, if you can brew as small as a batch as you want on any system, then do the biggest one that way. Once you figure it out, you can go big. Mm-hmm. I will say that um, using the half barrel system is more conducive to my current setup as well because I have the kegerator that can hold three um, small slim three kegs. Three five-gallon kegs. Yeah, three five-gallon kegs. Barrel. So that's a half I think, barrel. So I, think I could the consensus ferment that way. Electric, I, mean. I could ferment that way and then double back and carbonate at the same time. Well, I think I think the minimum amount of, minimum amount of investment now to hone mm. your craft in a professional way is ideal versus spending more on something that's just as that you're not questionable sure about. Yeah. as the smaller system is. Even though the, the the general consensus in the brewery world is go as big as you can possibly finance at the time. Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing I've read is that every brewery was like, well, I wish I started bigger. Wow. I wish I. I wish really? I. I wish I would have. Yeah. That's the one it's, thing. Yeah. I wish Are you I would have. Kidding? I would have. I wish. It blows my mind. We're, luck, we're lucky that the growth in craft beer is explosive. It yeah. won't always be that way, but it's. I wish I could have handled the ten percent growth every year that I didn't realize would have happened. And they're always like, because then you then you make these choices. You're like, well, my I can't make enough beer to 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 sell for the demand. Right. So what do I do? I get another loan to buy another fermenter. Do I up the do price? I do this? Do I do, do this? I, do yeah. I this? And it's all these choices. And if you'd have just had a little bit extra capacity at the start, those choices would be easier. I think those are those it's, are hindsight twenty twenty things though. Well of course I mean, but they're also and they're good problems to have, yeah. right? But I think those are problems says. you want as a so beginner business. Nobody goes into their business thinking it's gonna fail and nobody goes into their business into their business thinking it's going to be 200% growth in the first year or anything right. like that. So it's, it's, it's tricky. I think that the consensus from me, at least from what I've heard from Tyrell, and I'm not really sure what your overall conclusion, I would say the electric, just because I, I think it seems, that it seems more appropriate for what you're trying you crack, to do. As you get better at well, what you do. And there are, there are many, many more options for a half-barrel system than for a for, for a full barrel system. There you go. So even if I decided electric wasn't necessarily the key thing, I could still go half barrel, do propane or whatever. But the fact that there is an electric half barrel that I could run in my apartment. I think I think it's, it's more tough, about the so product, man. To, I think yeah. I think nowadays for cons- for consumers and for customers, it's more about the product and how you made it. And I think that if you have a solid product and there's no discrepancies with how you made it, that's all that really matters at the end at the end of the fucking day. So yeah, it doesn't matter whether or not you put a barrel. Consumers, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter whether or not it's a barrel of good product or half a barrel of good product. If it's fucking good product, if it's a one beer of good yeah, product. Yeah, if it's one, if it's one solid freaking Deutschland that's glass true. full of good product, that's what you want, and that's what that's what'll sell people, you know. So that would be my that would be my recommendation, and I and I don't want you to. Put your entire no, that's life savings enough. into that no, kind no, of no. stuff. But that's fair enough, and and I appreciate y'all's input. Okay, thank you cool. for your time. And I and I just to reiterate something that we started the entire show with, as far as jumping, just do it, mm-hmm. do it and practice, do it and fail, do it and learn, but just keep going, and know that every time you do it again, you're gonna make it better for this reason or that reason, but just do it. Yeah, no one who's successful has ever not failed. So yeah.
Let's go. Let's do the. Uh, I say we look at the beers. I think it's. I think it's time to make. Yeah. A decision. Wrap it up. I think it's time. Yeah, Wrap we're we're three hours and seventeen minutes in. So <laughs> Jesus Christ on the. That's <laughs> twice and a almost a twice and a half almost so as long as our longest episode. Thank you, Tyrell and Chris, both for your patience. I've enjoyed it. This has been a hell of it. an episode. Loving it. Well, I'm glad. So I think what we should do is we should put our final thoughts on this beer, and then we should open up a discussion on which one's the best. Okay. Okay. Um, Tyrell, I want you to go first. Uh, on the temptress. Yes, on the temptress. Uh, I finished mine a while ago. <laughs> you finished all yours first. This I drink a tank. <laughs> I drink them. It um, works at a brewery, dude. I mean, the temptress is good because it, I mean it's a burly beer, but it's got it's it's complex enough. It's a to tinder. Be, it's to touch different <laughs> things, but and I'm not generally a oh more alcohol is better kind of beer drinker, but this mm-hmm. one's strong. What's the ABV? A nine. So nine. actually nine point one. So I guess Jesus. by point one it's the strongest beer we've had it is. tonight. It is, absolutely. Um it's an Imperial milk stout. Um Of course. It's a little sweet, but it balances it with the roast, so it's not it's not overwhelming or too long. So mm-hmm. uh I for for a number as far as milk stout, like I said, milk stouts aren't my favorite thing. So the fact that this one's good rates are higher for me and I'd give it a nine. Wow. So, for you, is this the best beer of the night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hunter, please go next. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say up front, I wrote more notes about this one than I did about anything else. Um, I think there was more to take away from this one. It inspired Um, the most cognitive resources. mm, (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, Mental capacity. it It is sweet. It is a sweet beer, but I find myself uh, relenting the thought that it's too sweet. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's fair. Um, I think it's a great milk stout. I I, lo- I love milk stouts. Milk stouts are, might be my favorite sub genre of beer, um, yeah. with left hand being one of my favorites. And I, I mean, I just love the consistency and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the roastiness is a great. Just little finisher. You know, you, you think it's sweet all the way through, and then it's like, ah, roast. Right at the very end. Um, surprisingly enough, I think this is going to be my f- favorite beer. And, and it, I mean, you know, you could arguably say that it's because I'm more inebriated than the other beers. But so that's um, true. Um, this, is this is a, this a problem. So, so, yeah, I mean, a there's problem. a little bit of salt to be taken, for, or a grain of salt. But, uh, the. I, I think that of the beers that I tried tonight, I mean, you know, I brought my own beer, and I think I like this one more than the one I brought. And um, so I, I gave this a 9.0 before anybody said anything, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to kind of echo what you guys have said. I think the fact that this beer is in the 9.1%, it's, it's packing alcohol. It should be sweet. It should have a sweet aftertaste. And that sweet aftertaste is what I've come to avoid in a lot of beers recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the local one, I can't tell that it's that sweet, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell because it hits you with chocolate and caramel, which is honestly flavor notes that almost everybody says about every stout. I agree. I feel like it's default, Mm -hmm. but with this one, you truly feel it. Right. Like this, this beer is chocolate and caramel in liquid form. And what makes it so amazing is that sweetness does not carry over into the aftertaste. 
Mm. It doesn't hinder it in any way. It doesn't create like a metallic or bitter taste, just unpleasant feeling. But it's still mouth. there. But it's there. Mm-hmm. It balances it incredibly, right? Um, as far as the complexity, you have like a nutty chocolate caramelness mm-hmm. mixed with like a sweet creaminess. And the way those two just fill out my palate. When I drink this beer, it's, it's hard to explain. It honestly feels different in my mouth. It, it's a different experience that I've, that I've had with most beers ever, ever. Okay. And it's incredible because of that. Mm. Um, I think by a very, I think the local one is one of my favorite light tasting beers, even though it was a 9%, which is only more credence to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. But I have to say when it comes to handling big flavors in complex ways, in ways that aren't offensive to your aftertaste or anything, you have to go to the temptress. I think this is the best beer of tonight. Yeah. I think it hits the nail on the head. What do you got, Chris? Here's the deal. Here is what I am. I'm listening to the deal. Uh, Let me just jump right off with the score. Boom. 9.1. Wow. wow, he's gonna do the Same point one. Yeah, he's punny. It is. It is point. It's witty. <laughs> For witty answer, someone call uh, it. No, it is uh, just just enough better than the banana bread beer. I told you all we would all come to a uh, similar conclusion. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's just wow. It's one of those beers when you taste I get it, you fair. can't help but just say, wow, that yeah. was a great sip of beer. It's honestly tough to explain. But honestly, it's just, if anybody it, was ever like, hey, what should I drink out of this selection? And, and this was a part of it. Like, holy fuck, you drink the Temptress. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. If you're right. trying to be objective and scientific about it, I mean, the fact that the caramel can bounce so well against the chocolate is impressive. Um, they stand out mm. in flavors. I feel like for me, I first get hit with the chocolate and then the caramel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, and, it, chocolate and then it first. does fade to a little bit of the roasted sense. Yeah, it's very and it doesn't leave roast, yeah. doesn't leave just that overall sweetness like y'all have already said. Right. It's just but, incredible. Uh, yeah. it's incredible a crazy to balance me. in a what beer a f- this big. Yeah, like what a fullness. There you go. Is. There you go. Yeah. And, and 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 I would even argue that the consistency. I mean, you know, when you have a left hand milk stout, it's thicker than this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy is not as milkshakey as you would expect a milk stout to be. It's it's a beer, you know. It's it, it's thick, but it's not like offensively so. Right, and and it's not a chocolate beer, but yeah. you get a lot of chocolate, and right. it's and it's not like, you know, I I think that it completely fills out a lot of sort of um, tropes that are in similar beers, but it does it in a way that's one not overwhelming, and two it balances them. All very well. So yeah, I think it's just balance, balance is key. Balance is is True. basically my nirvana. Yin and yang. The hardest thing to do. Yin and And it's cool because it's a local Texas beer. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Really? Dallas, Hell yeah! This Dallas. makes me even more proud of Texas yeah. than I already was. So of all the areas, the yeah. moment we reach equilibrium, <laughs> is the moment that we all know peak. <laughs> Well, guys, I so think, I think we, we can agree. Yeah, yeah I think right? we came to a conclusion. It's the uh, banana Tyrell right? coming <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, Temptress for sure. I'm I think gonna go with the Temptress. I'm gonna say Temptress. Yeah, Temptress. Rob Lee, thanks for recommending us that one for us to review. Tyrell, thanks for bringing it. You yes, got it. Rob, you steered the course of the entire show. It's amazing. Tyrell, you steered it again when you brought it. Redirected. Yes. That has been everything. 
Yeah. That's been all of episode 50, all three and a half hours of it. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. Listen. We appreciate your patience. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we appreciate your anything. You're like, why are you still listening? You're but so you sedulous. Are. We love you. You're diligent. Thank you. So we have to end the show with plugs. Chris, yeah. I know you ha- I know you want to plug away. I do kind of want to plug away. Uh, guys, I, I work at the Root Cellar Cafe in San Marcos, Texas. And we amazing are town. an amazing, fantastic little restaurant right there on the square downtown. And we serve incredible food. Um, and we also are a brewery. So we do have our own craft beer on tap at all times. And uh, our flagship beer is a black rye IPA. Okay, damn. Come give it a shot. Okay. Come give all our beers a shot. We also usually have a gluten-free beer <laughs> option, and it's actually very, very, very good. Really? It's very competitive. Gluten-free beer. beers aren't uh, lackluster beers, then? Uh, no. Not okay. in my experience. They don't have to be. Okay. Ex- they certainly don't have to be. Interesting. And, and our brewer does a fantastic job of making it that way. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Gluten-free right from Australia. <laughs> Get those boobies out and flying around. Flopping everywhere. Fingers <laughs> and butts. Dicks and butts. Outrageous fun on the boat. But that's Thanks awesome. for the addition to my plug, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Tyrell. Re- re-say the, the restaurant again. What was it? Root Cellar Great. Cafe. Cellar is the prettiest... Er, Cellar door. Cellar door. Prettiest phrase in the English language. Tyrell, Tyrell what are you going to plug? Yeah, what's going on at the brewery? Uh, yeah. Thirsty Planet is the brewery I work at. ThirstyPlanet.net. Thirsty Planet. We're not drunk at all. Yeah. No, never. We're local to Austin, Texas, and we're actually on tap at the Root Cellar coming up. I heard a rumor. Damn. This is true. This I finally got true. around to ordering it. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. So spread the word. Uh, but my name is Tyrell at Tyrelliots at Twitter, I guess, if you want to follow me. It's pretty cool. tweeted in a while. Tyrelliots. Tyrelliots a great my first Twitter name. name put yeah. together. Come on. You it's put a, those together. It's essentially a fusion. Yeah. There it is. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What's you want me to plug? Um, so I think coming up on March or May 2nd, um, I'm going to be recording some music um, at, with my band Casual Interference. We will be making sure that that's public to you guys. Uh, if you look at you know Casual Interference and or Hunter Dorset on SoundCloud, you'll find us. Um, I just want to say again, thank you so much for everybody that's listened. People all the way from you know the beginning of the episode, like Max, all the way up to just completely random people. Um, we never expected. Yeah, like that. That just send us in mail and, and think about us, like you know Haley Hunter from the cruise that I went on. You know all those kinds of people. Y'all are all what makes this show worth having, and uh, it, it's a great effort on our own. But I think without having people such as y'all, it makes it much less worthwhile. And so we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So to start the plugathon diarrhea. Yep. <laughs> for Thanks, what is the 50th time now witty banter is on itunes you can find us just search witty banter in your itunes hit subscribe every week the episode will show up in your download queue for free if you don't have itunes that's fine you can go you can go to wittybantershow.com and download the episode there for free keep, keep up with us we're on witty banter uh jesus we're at <laughs> witty banter show on twitter Facebook.com slash Winter Podcast is a good way to keep up with us as well. I am personally on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. And just like Hunter giving a thank you 
I also want to give you a thank you as well to everyone who listens to this show. Without you guys, we wouldn't continue to do it, and the fact that you give a shit means more than you could possibly imagine. So, here's to 50 episodes of Witty Banter, and here's to hopefully 50 more into whatever the future brings, whether it is an electrical system <laughs> on your brewery, or if it's a whole new platform of entertainment, who knows? But thank you for being us, being here with us, and we will see you at, at another time. You want to prose to it? I will. With our empty glasses of drunkenness? They don't have to know that. Here we prost. Go. Prost. Yeah. To episode 50. To episode 50. To episode 50. Oh. Prost. 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 And good night. Beep, 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 beep. Beep <laughs> <laughs>